Hello, welcome back to Latter-day Lesbian. Hi. (laughs) The podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her darn life. That's right. How's that going, by the way? Um... I basically have it all figured out. Like, I'm good. Matter of fact, this is we, the last episode. <laughs> Should we just turn it off the mics and go? We're done. Mic drop. I figured it out. <laughs> mic drop, walk away. Um, I'm thinking maybe my goal yeah. is to have it figured out by like 2027, the oh, year. Okay. Um, you just get back to me on that. Yeah, yeah, I will. Anyway, we are really off track. Have we Sorry. said our names? Um, Go ahead. I'm Shelly. No, no, no. Just kidding. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Uh, okay, so... What are we talking about? It's our Christmas edition. Oh, holiday. We have to keep it PC. Uh, When I say Christmas, the reason I refer to it as Christmas is because that's how I was raised. And so that's what we'll be talking about a little bit. But yes, happy holidays to everyone. When this releases, Christmas Day will have passed, right? But we'll still be in the middle of the holidays. Right. This will release right before New Year's. There you go. Turn back the clock. Mm -hmm. Pretend it's Christmas all over again. It's Mm -hmm. the gift that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. Yeah. Oh, but before we got into that, where's my list? Right there. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about this funny restaurant we went to the other night. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I have a cousin. Can we announce his name? Is he listening? I don't even know. Topher, are you listening? Get on the he ball. should be. Let's, Come on. Let's text Get it together, him. Topher. Okay. So he, uh, we had this experience where we were traveling together and uh, he forgot his cell phone and we were leaving after he was and so he wanted us to bring it to him. And um, so we did. We brought him a cell phone. It all worked out timing-wise. We left a little earlier than we had planned, but it, it was fine. We got packed up quickly. We got him a cell phone before his plane took off. All was right in the world. We were happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even really out of the way. And lo and behold, he sends us this generous gift card as a way of thanking us. Totally unnecessary. Super sweet. Very appreciated, though. Very appreciated. So we decided to use it the other night kind of um kind of like our pre-christmas dinner mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. and this restaurant in Vienna Virginia was was nutty town in there i don't know it was like one <laughs> first of all i don't think a woman works in the place at all like, no no pretty I, sure. I haven't seen anyone i think that struck us as like there's a lot of older gentlemen in mm-hmm. suits working at this place like mm-hmm. i'd say the youngest person in there on the staff was probably 65 years old. Right, like old, like grandpa. Yeah. Grandpa. And the place was small. Yeah. And so there weren't a lot of tables. So with all of these grandpas working there, wandering <laughs> around, it was just a little, it was a little comical. And at well, one point I said, Mary, this should, place should be renamed um, the Restaurant of the Meandering Men. Yeah. And they all look like, wait a minute, did, did they take your order? Did they? What's your drink order? I, I think like, we gave our order to like seven different people. <laughs> I think we did too. And then they would kind of argue about who got mm-hmm. the drink order. The whole thing was just amusing to see all these men just sort of stumbling around, <laughs> tripping over one another pretty much. Yeah. And all of them taking our order all at once and making fun of each other for not doing right. It was kind of, it was fun actually. It was. It was quite the experience. We, we enjoyed it. Uh, the food was great. Yeah, no, the food was really good. The drinks were great. Okay, so here's what happened, though. <laughs> I ordered sea bass, and I think this was uh, God or somebody, Oprah, I don't know, somebody's way of telling me. Is God and Oprah, are they the same <laughs> I person? I'm starting to wonder. Huh, Brene okay. Brown, maybe? Could somebody be. was telling me, you should not eat sea bass. Aren't they endangered or something? Wait, who was telling you? I didn't know this. <laughs> well, they gave me the wrong fish. No, I know that you got the it was fish a stick instead. From 
heaven. No, but who said don't eat sea bass? It's it's on an endangered list, I think. That it's sounds a little, a little crazy. We'll look it up. It's a little fishy. Listen, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> anyway, I was meant to eat cod that night. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just whatever. They asked if I wanted to switch it out, and I said, this is actually really good. Yeah, it was great. I'm fine with it. But I think as a way of thank you, mm-hmm. they... Gave us this ridiculous cocktail. They were like, oh, we want to give you a little... What was it called? Do you remember? I don't remember. But they said, we want to give you a little after-dinner drink on us. And I was like, oh, kind of like a port or something? And and he said, yeah, kind of like a port. So I'm thinking, oh, just like a little sippy thing. You know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. We'd already had... A really strong martini at that point. What was with those martinis? They were delicious. And I swear to you, I drank mine down by an inch and I was buzzing. The grandpa pours were really generous. (laughs) Those grandpas hooked us up. (laughs) They did. Hooked us up. And then we had wine with dinner, which seems reasonable under normal circumstances. Right, right. But again, the wine was a really generous pour. Yeah. I didn't even finish mine. That was like... It was a generous pour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If we could say generous pour one more time. I bet we can. Because we're not done with the story yet. That's true. There's more to come. So fast forward to the free dessert drink they were Mm -hmm. offering us because they mixed up my fish order. Right. And we are talking Satan's sauce. It it was like a devil. It was devil juice for sure. I loved it. It was so strong. The guy brings it out and it's in like, what kind of glasses are those? Like cocktail glasses? It was a martini. It was like a giant martini glass. giant martini glass and they're on fire. Like there's (laughs) fire. Actually, you know what? We have a picture. We will post the picture. I don't think we should post that picture. Why? Because I look like I ate every entree on that We did. And you know what else it looks like? It looks like we were resting our boobs on the table. I'm posting <laughs> Gently, it. Gently. Lovingly. I'm going to post it. I might need to do a little Photoshop. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Anyway, <laughs> in the picture, you'll see that these are on fire. And so they bring them to us and set them down. Maybe we can crop us out and just show the flaming fire cocktails. Drinks, maybe. I don't know. We'll I'll, see. I'll sub in like a kinder picture of us <laughs> <Okay>. from another time. <laughs> from days gone past. <laughs> days of yore. Days that of yore. Yesteryear. Very, very uh, holiday expression. So he so, brings the drinks. Sets them down. They're on fire. Yeah. And then we're having him take pictures. And when he's done taking pictures, he's like, you need to hurry and blow those out because the glasses will explode. (laughs) (laughs) You said that? You didn't hear it? No. (laughs) Yeah. And then he was telling about how someone was trying to blow them out by using their hand. Yeah. And they actually hit the drink and it spilled and got fire on the, yeah. Really? How did you not hear any (laughs) of this? I think I was well into my generous pour at that point. All right. See, I used it again. You did. You You happy? Yeah. By the way, if you hear growling, it's not our stomachs. It's, it's Eddie. Um, it's our dog, Eddie. He wants to be part of the conversation so badly. Mm-hmm. 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 Sweet little Eddie has nothing to, nothing to add to this podcast. Not a thing. No. So anyway, we finished our Satan sauce. And uh, <laughs> seriously, there are not enough Ubers in Northern Virginia to take care of that evening. Yeah. yeah. I have never seen you that drunk, Mary. I feel like I was in college. It was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was less drunk because I'm pretty sure I didn't drink all of my wine, but you drank the rest of my wine. So I we, did? We, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we don't want to leave this on the table. I'm like, all right. Don't no, waste no. it. So we were, we were in bed and I was watching TV and you were laying there like I don't want to throw up I'm like good don't throw up <laughs> and then like a few minutes in the show I'm thinking I can't I can't hear Mary breathing <laughs> so I got real quiet the lights were out I got real real quiet and was trying to listen to her breathe and I couldn't hear her breathing so I rolled over and I was just like watching your back because you are in your stomach at the time watching your back and make sure it was rising and falling like okay good Mary didn't die you were wow. a mess. yeah that drink Oh, my God. It was licorice. It was licorice. It was like sweet licorice on fire. Yeah, it's kind of like ouzo, I guess. Is that what it is? I don't know. I, I, can't, I really can't remember what they said. Listeners, what. if you know what those, the licorice tasting well, things on several. fire. I think it was their special treatment of it. Oh. 
But, you know, they do that sometimes at Greek restaurants, like that sizzling cheese I like so much. <laughs> okay, cheese <laughs> and licorice drink are different. They pour ouzo on it and then light it aflame. Wait, what is ouzo? Is it a kind it's of It's like a licorice okay. liqueur kind of mm, thing. Well, there you go. I mean, you can light most any alcohol on fire. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Except for beer. I don't think you could light beer on fire, maybe hmm. wine. We should try it after this. Okay. I'm, I'm let's, in. Just, let's just light all the booze on fire. See we'll just what get cups of booze and start lighting them. But let's not spill it or it might blow the place down mm -hmm. or explode in the glass. Mm. It's always fun. Gosh, mm -hmm. can you imagine the liability? I can't believe they continue to serve this cocktail when it explodes on people. These old guys are probably like, don't tell me how to serve my great-great-grandfather's cocktail recipe. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Is it a recipe now? Just... Pouring glass, add flame. Add <laughs> totally light a recipe. That was the restaurant of the Meandering Men. Loved it. That was super fun. Thanks, Thank you, Topher, Topher <laughs> for that awesome gift certificate. We, we honestly had a great time there. Yeah, we really did. Okay, so keep in mind, you guys will be listening after Christmas, but this hasn't happened yet. Wow. I'm all mixed up. It's like I'm Brandon Stark. I don't know what's happening. You know, anytime <laughs> Are you I the three-eyed raven? <laughs> I'm the three-eyed raven. Anytime I can throw in a little uh, Game of Thrones reference, you know, I'm probably going to take, take that opportunity I'll take it. for sure. When you hear this, we will have already had Christmas dinner with my family, and you will have met my mother for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I really wish we could Facebook Live this meeting. Oh, my she'd gosh. She'd probably be like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. She'd be, she'd be weirded out by that, I think. It's just going to be interesting because, audience, you don't really know anything about Mary's mom, so go. Fill, fill them in. Here, here's all you need to know. Uh, when I was 17 years old, she moved us from New York State to Virginia Beach, Virginia, so she could work for Pat Robertson, the TV evangelist. That's really everything you need to know That's about That's the 700 mother. Club guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. He's the one that prays hurricanes away from Virginia Beach and stuff. And sends them to, sends them to North Carolina instead. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't mind bringing disaster to the people in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Wait, wait. Will you please tell the Super Bowl story? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> please? Okay. So... Religious nuts don't just have to be Mormon. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, probably everyone listening either has been one or has known one or um, maybe not. Maybe they've dodged a bullet and they're just listening to this whole podcast series with their jaw hanging open because it's a crazy town. But uh, so last Super Bowl, somehow, even though we are not a particularly athletic family, my mother got into pro football. I don't know how this happened. And then she decided she was a Patriots fan. Not sure how that happened either. But it was Tom Brady. I guess she thought he was easy on the eyeballs. Who knows? Anyway, so after the Super Bowl, we were talking, and I just asked her, uh, Mom, were you upset that your team didn't win the Super Bowl? And she said, funny story about that. God told me I was backing the wrong team, and the Eagles would bring him glory. I swear to God, you can't make this stuff you up. You can't. That's amazing. Yeah. God had a personal conversation with her about who's going to win the Super Bowl. Because that's well, that was top of mind for God Sure. That day. I mean, I know there's like child trafficking sure. and famine, but sometimes God's like, yo, I need a break from all this. Mm -hmm. I am going to tell my followers who to cheer for in this big game of millionaires playing ball against each other. Yeah. If that really is what God's concerned about, I'm I'm You're yeah, out. I'm out. I'm out on that, God, if that's your thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to think all this stuff is fake, right? Well, it might be. It might be fake. Might be. It's you know, it's hard to hear people tell like faith promoting stories about how someone was saved by God or some miracle happened when God didn't provide the same or similar miracle for someone else. And so someone else suffered and died. Yeah. That, that would lead me to believe that God's just sort of picking and choosing who he wants to help. And well, I can't get behind that. But belief. don't you think that's what <laughs> propels these religious zealots? 
that they think they're in some sort of elite club and God has favored them. That's what they do. Sure. Think. But then how do they also explain the, the horrible things that happen with people of their own faith? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I, here's how. Because they say, well, God needs you to learn something from this. And that's just kind of a cut down. That's just, you know, God went ahead and saved your child from cancer and your, your kid was cured because of all your prayers. Yeah, but these people And yet here. these people in your same congregation, they prayed for their kid who had cancer and their kid died. Because they needed to learn needed something. to learn something. Like what kind of a jerk asshole God would allow people to lose a child in a horrific way because they need to learn something. Like mm-hmm. that's just, just tell me what I need to learn. Give me a book. Don't let my children suffer because I need to learn something. But isn't there a hierarchy to this whole Mormonism thing? Like Mormon's version of heaven is hierarchical. Oh, for sure. The most righteous get to the highest echelons. Yep. It's in those highest echelons, i.e. the highest levels of the celestial kingdom where polygamy is practiced and your job as a woman is is to have spirit babies by your husband along with all of his other wives. And then you you make these spirit babies to provide spirits to go into bodies that will be on the earth that you create. Seems completely <laughs> feasible to me. I totally, I totally believe <laughs> it. Sign me up for that. I know, right? Which is funny because like people who are out there in polygamous relationships out of their actual own free will, cool, whatever. But didn't you meet that Cody Brown guy? Yeah, but the problem is they were raised in it, so they don't know anything different. Yeah. If you were raised in polygamy and you are a polygamist, in my mind, I'm like, brainwashed. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't know anything else or because you think that's what God wants. That's the thing. When you do something because you think that's what God wants and that hurts you, then you might want to reevaluate your belief system. Well, if I'm a sister wife, can I get with one of the other sister no, wives? No, 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 well, no, That doesn't no. seem fair. There's nothing fair about a patriarchal religion. There's nothing fair. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that now, okay. that, you meant, now that we're getting into it a little bit deeper. Okay, right. I was on the fence and now I've analyzed it. And now you're all about it. It's okay. not for me. Right. No, I've decided it's not for me. Yeah, spirit babies, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I didn't want babies in this life. I don't want them in my afterlife. Gotcha. So you want to talk about my Christmases growing up? Sure. What did Christmas mean to you as a Mormon? So I actually loved Christmas time because as a kid, there was something about this whole story of this baby Actually, I enjoyed the animals more than the baby in Jesus' part, that these animals loved. Like the livestock animals? Yeah, the livestock. Or, or in the, supposedly in, around the manger? Right. So I really enjoyed the story of Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was all about hope. And the Mormon church actually does an amazing job of putting together very, it'll pull emotion out of you, these Christmas movies they put together. I enjoyed watching them. It made me feel. Got um, you in the feels. Got me in the feels. And so the very first year that I had left Mormonism and didn't know what I believed, and by the way, I'm still at that point, don't know what I believe. I have hope that some things are a certain way, but I, I don't know. But that first it's a year... a whole other podcast right there. whole other podcast. That first year of not having a belief in anything at that point was very hard for me because I'm trying to decorate the house for Christmas and I'm getting out the nativity sets and things and it's like baby Jesus and I don't know is this a lie is this how do I enjoy this anymore it might just all be bullshit and I used to listen to Mormon Tabernacle Choir singing their Christmas songs and I loved it and then it was like I don't want that I don't want to hear that I'm so hurt by everything Um, I'm sure and by the way they're not allowed to call them the Mormon Tabernacle Choir anymore because the current prophet said using the term Mormon is a win for Satan yeah we talked about that so now they're the choir at Temple Square I think is the name of it so the first Christmas it just sucked I just felt empty I felt like I had lost something but it was a weird feeling of loss because it was this feeling of losing something that might not have ever actually been right yeah well then it's like you're figuring out maybe I was duped this entire time yeah I put 
stock in something that wasn't real. And that's got to be a huge letdown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the confusion of, well, then now what do I think? Yeah, totally. Like, well, should I get this figured out before next Christmas? So I'm not so in despair over it. I don't know. I still haven't figured it out. It's been a few years. You know, I would love listeners to write in and tell me if you have been in the same situation. How do you do Christmas now? How have you, how have you healed from that? Because I know in Mormondom, like you do Christmas. In post-Mormonism, most people still do Christmas. How do you tackle that? I think the idea of what Christmas is supposed to stand for is universal. Sure. The idea of giving to people Mm -hmm. is really great. The idea of that whole peace on earth, goodwill to men idea, where Mm -hmm. it's like we're trying to treat each other with respect and trying to get along. I get it, but I didn't view it like that growing up because for me that should have been like year-round. Like you don't, you're not just nice at Christmas time. So this story of this baby who came to save the world was very meaningful for me. I guess mm. I didn't really think it all the way through. doesn't make a lot of sense to me now at all, but I was really attached to that as a kid. I don't even think that whole like being gracious to others is really even applies at Christmas for the most part. You know, when you see shoppers at malls and stuff, I don't Oh, geez, you're right. I I avoid all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Amazon. (laughs) We don't have to go to stores. Yeah, shameless plug for not our sponsor, Amazon. (laughs) Amazon, if you would like to sponsor, anyone's listening. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's how we're going to get a sponsor right there. Mm -hmm. Watch, the phone's going to ring tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I think my phone is ringing right now. Amazon, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Isn't Christmas just about like uh, fun decorations and baking cookies? And I don't know. It just music? wasn't for me. For some reason, I really latched on to the Jesus thing. It felt good to me. And now it sucks. It's almost like I, f- I feel like I miss Jesus. Do you? But is that... Write him a is, letter. I, I don't know. It's this weird place that I'm in. No, You get to believe anything you want. No, I struggle with that too because I don't want to believe something that's not true because I did that for 40 years and I felt duped and I felt hurt and I felt lied to and, and it was not easy. So I, I have a hard time believing anything at this point because I don't trust how I feel and I'm afraid to believe something and then find out again, oh no, that's not true either. Nobody can answer this question for you. I know. It's a lifetime journey that you're going to have to kind of discover on your own. Mm-hmm. Figure it out for yourself. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little bit of a downer. Should we talk about... Well, let's talk about what happened last Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year was our first Christmas together. And I really didn't think I was going to get to see you because, you know, you've got seven kids. I get it. And my mother is older. <laughs> oh, she's old. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel compelled to go help her out. And I mean, there's always like cooking dinners, such a big deal. So I feel compelled to be with my family at Christmas mm-hmm. still. So I was visiting my mother and my family had come and uh, we were doing our thing. And again, I didn't think I'd see you. And then you ended up coming. Did you did you tell me? Yeah, I knew you were coming. I told you like the day before. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It just uh, made my heart leap. I was mm-hmm. so excited. Aww. And so... You came after, so you celebrated Christmas Eve and and Christmas morning and stuff with your kids Mm -hmm. and then got in your car and uh, drove down to Virginia Beach and we celebrated that night. I remember you brought a tree. Yeah, I, I, so I told you what time I was going to get there, but I made sure I got to the hotel earlier and that you were still with your mom ah. so I could decorate the room. Sneaky. With lights on it. I know, it was really sweet. And two ornaments. What were the ornaments? Um, Well, I don't know. Did you add those ornaments? I'm looking at it right now. Did you add those ornaments? Yeah, there were the little balls, but also the deer and the moose. Okay, those you had the best a, ones. Yeah, you, you brought a deer and a moose ornament for some mm-hmm, reason. Mm-hmm. What was the significance of that? They were just the cute ones at Target. I don't know. Yeah. Zero significance, but now they're our favorites. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was just really sweet that you got there early and decorated and you were waiting for me. And That was a great Christmas yeah, for me. Yeah, it was a really good Christmas. And it, then we spent a couple of extra days down at the beach. Yeah. Um, it's actually, there was a lot going on down there, believe it or not, for being off season. That's true. It's nice. It was nice to be with someone that I was connected to. It was really nice. For sure. Had a great time. We're going to do something similar to that this year. I'm going down um, this weekend. Uh, well, actually, by the time this airs, it'll already have happened. So mm-hmm. spending a few days with the mom, and then you're going to be there again on Christmas. You're going to meet the mom, yep. have dinner we with us. We will report back about the mom. Yeah, we are going to report back on her. Return and report. Mormons mm-hmm. will get that. Uh, oh, that return line. and report? Mm-hmm. What is that? Oh, gosh. Temple. Anyway. Temple yeah. stuff? Temple gosh, stuff. We have to get into the temple on another podcast. Or come return and bring me word. Return and report is like a mission. Anyway, Mormons, you know what I'm getting at. Go ahead. <sighs> oh, wow. Okay. Speaking of Christmas, this felt like a gift to you coming out to your children. Yes. So last week I talked about coming out to my husband, and now I wanted to talk a little bit about coming out to my kids. It was a scary thing for me. I'm sure. Not that I thought they were going to freak out and be like, you suck, mom, that's wrong. Because by that point, we'd been out of the church for a couple of years, and they were clearly not judgmental jerks. I do remember, though, my second son saying something about gay, blah, 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 whatever. So You know how, I don't know, I hate that they use that as a joke, like, oh my gosh, it's so gay. Mm -hmm. And so when he would say that, this is before I came out to him, I would kind of be like, dude, you need to be careful, like you never know who's gay. And he said, oh, mom, my gaydar is on point. Like, I know. Uh And inside I'm cracking up. I'm like thinking, bro, your mom is gay. (laughs) And you're making gay jokes in front of your mom who's gay. And you're telling me that your gaydar is on point. Uh Hilarious. He needs to get his gaydar tuned. He does need to get his gaydar tuned. He's way off. So I had been talking with my therapist. By the way, if anyone out there in the Northern Virginia area is looking for a good therapist, (laughs) I have the best therapist there is. And so send me a message and I will let you know who he is. Okay. (laughs) I didn't want to reveal too much. So I had been talking to my therapist about coming out to different people in my life. And I was preparing to come out to my kids. And I was talking to my ex-husband about it. I mean, he was okay with me coming out to them, but he was not okay with him not being there. Yeah. What was that with that? Um, I'm still not sure. I'll have to, I don't know. I don't want to bring it up at the beginning. I think he thought Well, he told me he was worried that I was going to traumatize them. He used those words. You were going to traumatize the kids and I should be there for them. And I didn't take that well. (laughs) Right. Because... Wow, it was... Insulting to think that, why would that be traumatizing? Yeah, sure. Here's the way I took that. And I didn't like what he said at all. And I don't, I'm sure he didn't mean it to hurt me. But what it came across as was that I was about to intentionally hurt my children and he needed to be there to protect them from me. Sure. And that hurt a lot. For sure. Mm -hmm. That and also being like, well, clearly being gay is traumatizing news. Yeah. That's so horrible. Right. How could anybody say they're gay to kids? They'll never recover. Yeah, that's like, it's this horrible thing. The kids are going to freak out and he needs to be there for them. It's not a big deal. Right. It's like, it might as well say, I just, I have a, oh, here's my new girlfriend. It can be just that easy. Hmm. When he introduced his new girlfriend to the kids, do you think that they were traumatized? Did you have to be there? Anyway, Anyway, he was not happy that I was going to tell the kids without him. He got over. I think he thought about it and was just realizing. Well, you just did it anyway. I did. And he wasn't mad about it afterwards. So Mm -hmm. I think he thought it through and just kind of came to terms with it, which was great. But having said that, when he, the way that he reacted, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to traumatize the kids. So then that worried me. So, so then did. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to traumatize the kids. Because, again, I have this thing where when people when men. above me in the hierarchy, <laughs> men, which that's, that's who they are, is men above me in the hierarchy, tell me things. 
even if inside I'm thinking, well, that's crap, uh-huh. it still affects me. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take to get that out. I don't, I don't know. I don't like that it does that. Um, well, so you know I, what? You're cognizant of it. You're, you're working through it. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think it's always going to be the case. And I think you've even lightened up a little bit about Brent at this point. Sure. Yeah, that's true. You're not as worried about his reaction anymore. That's true. So you're getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, you're doing great. Steps at a time. Thank you. Anyway, so I was worried about traumatizing the kids. And so that had me on this level of of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to tell the oldest three kids. And at that time, they were, I'm going to say 18, 16, 14 would be the ages. Mm -hmm. Boy, boy, girl. And I went to my daughter first because I thought that if I went to her and told her, I'm telling you first because, you know, you're my oldest daughter and this is special, like that would kind of soften the blow, right? Right. And so I went over to their house and I went into her room and I'm like, hey, how was school, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, listen, I want to tell you something and you're, you're going to think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Um, I'm actually gay. How'd she take it? It was quiet for a second. And then she said, well, are, are you bisexual? <laughs> Which I loved that my 14-year-old asked if I was bisexual. Who doesn't ask if you're bisexual? I know. And I said, well, I can see why you think that because dad and I have seven kids together. So, so clearly I've had relationships with someone who's not a woman. Uh, the, the tadpole found the lily pad. The tadpole found the lily pad. <laughs> if anyone was paying attention times. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... She was kind of quiet, and I said, well, what are you thinking? What's going on? And she said, well, that's just that's a lot to get used to. So you traumatized her. Well, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she didn't, like, freak out. She wasn't mm-hmm. sobbing and saying it was horrible, that it was wrong. It was just a big adjustment. It was a big adjustment. And then I said, and do you remember Mary? Because they had met you by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, yeah. I said, I said, that's actually my girlfriend. She said, okay. Oh, and I also said, I'm not trying to keep this a secret. Like, you can tell any of your friends that you want. I don't want you to feel like you need to bear this. Right. So if you want to talk to me about it, if you want to talk to any of your friends about it, dad, whatever, I don't care. You are free to talk to anyone you want about this. And I'm really glad that I waited to tell them until I was at that point that I was okay with whoever knew. Because Mm -hmm. I would hate to have had to tell her that and say, but don't tell anyone. Yeah. Because I think that would be a lot for a kid. Anyway, a few minutes later, my two older boys came home from school and I called them into the room with her. It was basically the same thing. I said, guys, I need to tell you something. You're going to think I'm joking, but I'm not. I am gay. And it was like, pretty sure my oldest said righteous, because that's one of his. <laughs> <laughs> and my other kid was like, okay, cool. And then I was just sitting there waiting for them to be traumatized. And they just, they refused to be, to be traumatized. <laughs> okay. They were like, okay. And I said, yeah. And that lady that you met, Mary. And they said, yeah. I said, that's my girlfriend. And again, I think the oldest said righteous. Glad he approves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I said, do you have any questions at all? Like, I'll answer anything, whatever you have. And they just said, no. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like, no, there's got to be something. There should be this big blow up, like crying and pleading. Like, where's this trauma Mm -hmm. that I'm going to need to help them recover from? They were like, whatever. And so we were going to go to a movie and we're going to go see um, Black Panther. Okay. And so we got in the car and we're driving. Of course, they want to listen to their gangster rap. And so it's all loud. And I'm still like set on this whole, I just told my kids I'm gay thing. So I I turn on the music. I'm like, guys, can we talk real quick? Sure, mom. And I said, do you guys have any questions? Like, that's a big thing to find out that your mother is gay. and, And are you guys sure you're okay? Yeah, mom, we're fine. Can you turn the music back up? <laughs> sure. So I turn the music back up. We keep driving. And still, I'm like, gosh, they're, no, some, maybe they're hiding their feelings. That's what it is. They're hiding <laughs> their traumatized hearts. And okay. I need to somehow 
access this. So I, I turned the music down again. I'm like, guys, can we talk? And I think it was Gavin was like, about your gayness again? <laughs> I'm like, yes, Gavin, about my gayness again. And I asked them, I said, are you guys sure you're okay? Do, do you want to talk to someone? Do you, I mean, I can take you to a therapist. One of them goes, mom, you're gay. It's not like you're an axe murderer or something. <laughs> we don't need to go to therapy. <laughs> And yeah. I was like, okay, turn the gangster rap back up, and away we went. And it was like no one was traumatized. Yeah. I'm sure they thought about things a while. Uh, one funny thing, though, is we were at the movie. At the end of the movie, my daughter was like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so is really hot. I don't know, one of the actors from mm-hmm. Black Panther. And I said, I know, right? Even your gay mom can recognize that that guy is hot. Mm-hmm. And then she laughed. And then my oldest son, who was sitting next to her, and he's like, uh, even your straight son can recognize <laughs> he is hot. <laughs> Which was fun. It was yeah. like I could talk about it in a joking, fun manner. Yeah. And he's really funny. Lincoln's an, such a funny kid. Yeah. So it was nice that it just became so normalized. And now we can talk that way around the house. Like if one of the kids says something like, oh, my gosh, it's so gay. And then I say, well, your mom's gay. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So your mom's gay. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's become really good, actually, with with my older kids. The second two. Yeah, I had a (laughs) count. There's so many. I know. The second two, sixth grade and fourth grade. Coming out to them was a little bit different. Uh, I don't remember how the conversation started. I think they were talking about that they had um, FLE in school, which is your family life education. I think that's what it stands for. It's like basically sex ed in the school. Ah. And they were talking about that. And then my daughter said something about, well, I know that boys and boys can get married and girls and boys can get married and girls and girls can get married. But it takes a boy and a girl to have a baby. So how does that work if a girl and a girl get married? Like she had these questions, which by the way, I love that it was normal in her head for girls and girls to get married Mm -hmm. and boys to like, I love that. That's thank you schools that they're not raised to be judgmental. Like I was right for sure. And so we talked a little bit about in vitro or adoption or whatever. And then I just kind of casually threw out there guys. And I tell you something, your older brothers and sister know, but I think you're old enough to to get this. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm gay and Mary that you've met numerous times at that point. She's actually my girlfriend. And Simon cried, but he cries at everything. He's very feeling. He cries when he's hungry. He's, he cries when he's sad. He cries when he's excited. It's just <laughs> his emotion. But since then, they've been great about it. I think Sabrina wanted to know if we'd ever kissed, and then she giggled. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That was humorous. Yeah, <laughs> that was humorous. And then coming out to my youngest two, who are seven and five years old, I think we were about to go somewhere. And by this time, you and I and those kids had hung out a bunch. I think it was when we moved in together and just sort of explaining that Mary and I live here together. Right, we live here together. Yeah. But they didn't get it as that we were... Well, they're young. Sure, sure. And they, and they shouldn't they shouldn't have to analyze that. So and I just came around and told them. And still is kind of like, oh, can Mary come over? It's like, well, she lives here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yes. Even after I've told her that you and I are a couple, we're girlfriends and we hold hands, it seems like she just forgets. And then when I tell her that she's going to come over and hang out at our place uh-huh. and do crafts or whatever, she's like, oh, can you see if Mary can come? I'm like, well, she'll be there because we live together. <laughs> so she hasn't That's quite... her house too. Yeah. We li- it's her house too. We live yeah, there. And quite compared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So when I told those two, I said I was gay. And I said that, or I didn't say I was gay. I said, you knew that Mary's my girlfriend, right? And Philip goes, what? (laughs) Because he's the the drama king of the Uh entire family. Uh I said, yeah, she's my girlfriend. And Casty kind of giggled. I didn't want to explain too much. I just was like, yeah, she's my girlfriend. Don't you want everyone to 
find a girlfriend or boyfriend and have someone that they can love. Like you met daddy's girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, yeah. And I said, well, and Mary's my girlfriend. And by the way, daddy's girlfriend, she's awesome. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's yeah. great to the kids. She's she's one of those good, she good She brought them humans. cookies. You had a moment where those cookies were I like. I did. Yeah, before you met. But it was before you met her, wasn't it? Yeah, before I met her. You showed up and there were cookies on the counter. Yes. I showed up in the morning. It was first day of school and there were cookies on the counter. And I thought that probably one of my daughters had made them. So we asked Brent. I'm like, oh, who made the cookies? And he said, oh, you know, it was Megan. And I knew that was his girlfriend. And my first reaction was like, oh, my gosh, how dare <laughs> some woman make my kids cookies oh, on the first day of school? Oh, like, that was my first gut reaction, which was a crappy reaction to have. Because my next reaction was, I'm so happy that there's a woman in my kid's dad's life that cares about them. For sure. And that, to me, is far more important than any weird knee-jerk jealousy like that. I'll get over that. And I have, actually. It's, yeah. it's stupid. It was just my initial reaction. Uh, and I am actually so happy that she's in their lives because she's, she's I a mean, fantastic I mean, somebody human. that is willing to take on that many kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're a rarity. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, true. Megan and I should go have drinks and, and compare notes. And compare about how <laughs> many seven is. <laughs> yeah, and then she has a few of her own. That's too. true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Woo! It's a lot of kids. Puts, puts the Brady Bunch to shame. Doesn't it, though? I I, think well, it I have does. more than the Brady yeah, Bunch do, to do. begin with. You've got, you've got the Bradys and their cousin Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So before we wrap this up, I just wanted to mention briefly, we have a dear friend who um, has been reluctant to be completely vulnerable in his therapy sessions. And he's like, well, you know, if Shelly can tell her story to like pretty much the whole world, <laughs> I think I can open up to my therapist. So just thanking us yeah, for good. sharing Shelly's story, which was amazing to hear that people are touched by this. Yeah, I, I had no idea when we started this that one, that people would relate so much or that it would actually really help anyone. I, I'm just thinking I'm helping me right. by getting this out of my system. In a very public way. In a very public way, maybe entertaining <laughs> some people. But the fact that so many people have written in and saying how they don't feel so alone anymore, right. they have the courage to be honest with their therapist or the courage to be honest with their spouse or right. whatever it is. Like It's humbling to me, and humbling me is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, though, it's... Ah, it feels good. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that our project here is helping people. I, I am just too. That's the main reason yeah. I, I thought we should do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Yay, it's working. Yay, working. I got. An, I read an email this morning from someone raised strict Christian, had five kids, and came out of the closet and has now divorced and struggling to, she's in Iowa actually, struggling to make her life make sense after being raised in such a, a, a religion as, that she was. So yeah. thanks for writing in and guys, just keep, keep them coming. Okay. Well, I think that wraps this one up. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for now. Remember, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>